0: Season three, episode two of the Bearded Carcast. Take two. Take two. This is absolutely take. Yeah, we had some uh, level issues with the mixer, but I think we got it all straightened up. You missed
1: out. amazing content.
0: Amazing. That was, may have been, outside of the lost episode that nobody listened to, that may have been the best 90 seconds of Bearded Carcast history. Brilliant. Brilliant. I am Mike Pacheco. He is Dave Friedman. You can follow us at Bearded Carcast. Also, we love getting emails. Bearded CarCast at Outlook.com. We will dip into the mailbag today for you as well. Got a couple of doozies, Dave, that you're going to love. Uh, we also going to talk a little bit about Panthers from Thursday night. As we record this, it is Friday the 13th. Fear not, Tricked Adeptophobia You can listen to this any other day. It doesn't have to be listened to just on Friday the 13th. I think we're particularly good on Friday
1: the 13th, (laughs) but I understand those who want to wait and listen to it at a less scary portion of the calendar.
0: All right, so we are going to dip into uh, Panthers from last night. We're also going to talk about uh, some of our Week 1 storylines. We'll take a look ahead at Week 2 in the NFL, some college football. We have uh, Winthrop News to talk about. Not only is the schedule out, uh, Winthrop got great news on a uh, on a transfer player who doesn't have to sit out, a uh, four-star player who's actually from Rock Hill, DJ Burns. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, his situation. We're going to dip into horse racing today. Uh, the, the story about Justify, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, absolutely crazy, and it really opens up uh, maybe the underbelly of horse racing, uh, which is a gentleman's sport. But sometimes some things happen that maybe aren't the most gentlemanly. Uh, and we'll get into that. What did I miss, Dave? What else is on the docket today? I think that's pretty that, much that it. There's there, right?
1: there's a lot to talk about, but you have to start with the local. And I know yeah. you were up very, very late doing the Panthers game show last night. I watched the end of the game and uh, did a couple other things and called it a night. And I woke up thinking the same thing that I thought when I went to bed, that's a game that a healthy Cam Newton wins. And I don't really understand the game plan, but I also don't know the inner workings of how injured guys are and so forth. The big headline from the game, I think comes on the last meaningful play from scrimmage. It's actually a beautifully diagrammed play and Christian McCaffrey, in space, one-on-one, more often than not, is going to beat his defender and score, and the Panthers are going to win the game. The question is, it's also a terrific defensive play to make that stop. But the question is, did you need to get cute? You've got... The maybe one of the top Russian quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, a big, strong dude who gets you that one yard consistently. You need the one yard. You're paying him a bazillion dollars, and you don't give him the ball.
0: Well, the other piece to that too, in, on the post game show last night, um, Eugene Robinson is, is with us this year, and you know he played about like 16, 17 years in the NFL. You know, great football mind. The interesting point he made was. Uh, off there was, you know, that play was was beautifully designed, as you mentioned, but it was such a stretch play out to the left. At some point, he maybe ne- could have turned it up a little bit sooner, go north to south. Uh, the other question I have on that last sequence was, so you get that uh, penalty on the face mask, which gives the ball, and the Panthers get the ball half the distance to the goal line, so they're at the 11-yard line. First two plays or pass plays in Cam's – not accurate. I don't understand. I would have run the ball. on um, either either one or both of those first two, because then they got into third down and then they had to. Uh, then they got they got bailed out with two back to back timeouts, which you know they get the ball at the one yard line or one and a half yard line. Um, this was a game, Dave. Though, you know, but if
1: you say to the Panthers in the off season hey, you're going to have a game, it's going to come down to a fourth down and one, and you have an opportunity to run any play in the playbook, and you happen to have the best Russian quarterback in the NFL, and you don't
0: run him, it makes you wonder what we're missing. Or, uh, we've seen in the past, is Cam Newton just leap over the line of scrimmage. Right. But
1: like... like Cam Newton is not the most accurate passer in NFL history. Cam Newton is not the greatest thrower. He's a good thrower. He's a good quarterback. He's had a very good career. He's taken a team to the Super Bowl. But when you say, what is his greatest strength? It's his physical nature, his ability to get that tough yard. He he's a big freaking boy from head to toe. He's tough to tackle. And you have that situation, and you don't give him the ball. And again, the play looked like it was going to work. And sure, maybe McCaffrey could have cut it back. If you go back and watch it in slow mo over and over again, you can say that Cam didn't deliver a great fake, yada yada. The defense is going the wrong direction. Yeah. There's one guy who can make that tackle, and he stayed and he at makes home. Makes that tackle. He yeah. does a terrific job. That's great. But the question to me is not so much about the play design, which was good, and the execution, which maybe could have been a little bit better. It's you've got the best fourth-and-one guy in the league, and he doesn't get that opportunity. I- if Cam Newton isn't running the ball in that situation, what's what's the point in having
0: Cam Newton? Well, remember, there was the fourth-and-one earlier where he, he basically fumbled yeah, the ball. Yeah, he fumbled Uh, Coming into the game, someone uh, sent this out last night on uh, on the Twitterverse. Coming into the the game last night, before the game, Cam Newton, his last 11 fourth-and-one rush attempts were all first downs. Which makes complete sense. He's
1: very, very difficult to bring down in short yardage. I mean, honestly, and talk about all of the Cam Newton stuff. That's what he does best. Yeah, he gets you the tough yard. He's so big and strong. So to to not give him that opportunity, and then look at the game plan as a whole. They threw the ball fifty times and ran it like twenty. Yeah. What?
0: Well, you don't want a game. Well, up till now, you don't want a game where you have to rely on Cam Newton throwing fifty-one times. That's just not. That's just not like you said the strength. That's a game plan to lose. Well, what's interesting to me though, Dave, is the question is in this past offseason. I was even a proponent of saying, you know, at some point Cam needs to transition into being more of a pocket passer, not eliminate the, the run because that's still what his strength is. But you have to wonder with, you know, with his foot, uh, and what happened with his shoulder last year, you know, and we don't know this. I mean, this is something that you, you would only know if you're actually in the meeting rooms. Um, and Ron Rivera said this last week that, you know, the gov- there was not a governor on Cam Newton. He's allowed to do being Cam. He's allowed to do that. And he hasn't been doing that. So, is it, uh, you know, what we don't know is, is it still a lingering thing from the foot where he, he didn't really look as quick as we've seen him in the past foot wise when he was m- mobile. So uh, is that an issue uh, or is he consciously thinking about making that transition to being a, a pocket but guy?
1: Regardless, you've taken a guy who's incredibly valuable and you've made him kind of, you know, sort of valuable. Well,
0: but ninth year in the league, you know, we've seen mobile quarterbacks, Kits in the past? If
1: he doesn't run this year, they're going to have a new quarterback next year. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If he can't use his feet, he is a below-average NFL quarterback. You're Dave Tepper. You just bought this team for a bazillion dollars. You're going to probably run out your coach and general manager if you have a lousy year, and you're going to have a 10-year veteran quarterback who can't move? Now, I don't know what's going to happen the next 14 weeks. Cam Newton has had a pretty good career, and maybe at 0-2, they go, forget it. Cam's the old Cam again, and they're going to run the ball a bunch next week. I don't know, but if he is unable—he doesn't have to run 15 times no. a game, but he has to run enough times that the defense respects it. Right now, he looks like a sitting duck in the pocket. He's not accurate enough to throw the ball 50 times and never run the ball.
0: And some of that, I think, is is based on limited practice time in the preseason. Uh, you know, you have Curtis Samuel, who really— worked hard this off season, picked up some speed you know, you still timing is still such an important piece know. of an offense there
1: are plenty of quarterbacks that didn't play in the preseason that were fine and accurate
0: on No Sunday. no 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 you're this, no 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 you're talking two different things Oh you mean during practice Yes Yes. No, I don't mean the playing in the preseason games. I meant actually physically yeah, okay. being in practice every day and, and not being right, limited. But if,
1: if your quarterback is broken down, that's going to be a problem yeah. in the game, yeah. in practice, any yeah. other time. Let me ask you this, and it's getting aside, and I have no idea what the future is, but Will Greer doesn't dress on game days. Is that right?
0: That's Yeah, he was not. Uh, he was a, an active scratch Right. right.
1: So that means that he's obviously not in the immediate plan, but he probably is the future if, in fact, they move on from Cam at some point. What reports do we have on Kim? Are people bullish on Kim, bearish on Kim, kind of a mixed bag? You Will? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would say we didn't really. I don't know if preseason was a good enough test. I mean, he he had the best uh numbers if you will but he got the most opportunity and and when i say best numbers i mean he threw for the most yards and stuff like that he did have some interceptions I mean, if the panthers
1: are four and eight does he play the final four games
0: that depends i think on cam to be honest with you i mean i think they, they go with cam as as long as they can I mean, if
1: they're four and eight ron's not coaching anymore and the calls are being made from up top
0: i mean that's that's a hypothetical i mean i i that that makes sense but i i Let's look at, I can't say that today. Let's look
1: at the upcoming schedule. What are their chances of rebounding? 0-2 is not a death. Like, you can rebound from 0-2, but 0-3 is a lot tougher. Who do they yeah. have next
0: couple of weeks? So you got Arizona coming up. Next two games are on the road, at Arizona, at Houston. So,
1: Right, but Arizona is very winnable.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Now Houston's going to be a little bit tougher.
1: Yeah, but you got to win one at a time. Yeah. If you're one and two going into Houston, and you know, hey, we got off to a really bad start, but we win today, and we're right back where we started, and we're in contention. That that's fine. That Arizona game looks like an enormous one. And it's winnable. Arizona didn't look particularly good against Detroit. They've got a first-year coach. they got a first-year quarterback. You would think the defense could kind of rattle or make that a little bit of a difficult spot. Let's look at that from a Panther standpoint. If Cam Newton is not going to be the strength of your team,
0: what is? Well, right now it is the defense. I mean, the first two games, uh, you know, you look at what uh, Luke Kuechly did last night. The one thing that's probably concerning from a Panthers fan perspective, if you're looking at this team, is they haven't forced the turnovers like Panther teams have done in the past. Um, but you also can't rely on your defense to score. You know, I mean, I mean, how many times have you're watching a game and you say, man, the only chance the Panthers have in this game is if the defense scores. And that's, you know, with Cam Newton being hurt last year and in the game if last the night, I was thinking that. If the defense is your strength,
1: and, and I agree with you, I mean, I, I don't know how you could look at the first two games and not suggest that the defense is the strength. If the defense is the strength, why aren't you running the ball more and keeping the defense a little bit more fresh? Like, like can you can you understand the game plan to throw fifty times and run twenty?
0: Well, I think that was dictated also on what they were what they were seeing from the Tampa Bay defense. And but that's
1: just smart. Like if you got a quarterback who's not particularly accurate and is no longer mobile, right. you're gonna say, Oh, go ahead and throw the ball. Like like you have to say we're running the ball. Well, we are dedicated the, uh, yeah, to running and the,
0: the ball. And the plan last night was, from Tampa Bay's perspective, was they said, Cam's going to beat us with his arm in this Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but and that's what they're going to get until they can prove
1: otherwise. 100%. But Christian McCaffrey is one of the most valuable offensive weapons in the league. So whether it's throwing him one-yard passes or shovel passes or running him on reverse or giving him a dive or a, this or that, like doesn't he have to get more
0: touches? Well, he did in, in the first game. And how did it go? And he it, had a huge game. He had a huge game, but they still lost. Right,
1: but how do you not get him more touches last night?
0: That um,
1: Norv? <laughs> right, here's the thing. Last year, on this very podcast, we talked about how much we all like Norv Turner. Yeah. He's a really bright Well, guy. and we've
0: seen, you know, there was the, the play last week where they had that shift where they did the, the Wildcat to McCaffrey. Uh, even though it wasn't successful I agree with you I think the play that, that the last offensive play for it's the Panthers a was a good play.
1: They had the team off balance. You have a one-on-one with your best weapon and very frequently, I'd say 75% of the time he's getting the first down in that spot. Now, I happen to think that Cam Newton up the middle is getting a first down about yeah. 90% yeah. of the time, right. but that's neither right. here nor right. there.
0: Right. I agree. Move on? Yeah, let's move let's on. move on.
1: i guess go from nfl to nfl right what are you looking forward to this weekend or or maybe i guess what was your biggest takeaway from week one we we saw all the games it's very exciting the nfl is back but if there was just one or two things to grasp out of it what were the storylines that you went oh
0: i didn't even though it was miami i didn't see 59 10 coming i mean i uh, i think baltimore is interesting you know the Perennially have a good defense. I think there's still question marks on Lamar Jackson. And again, it's it's Miami. It's a it's a team that's t- tanking. So is was Baltimore that good, or is is Miami just truly that I've bad? Got any question. About I think Miami. Oakland winning was interesting.
1: Well, it was certainly surprising. Here's an interesting question from Miami.
0: So they were able to get two No we have to dis- disclaim that you're a Dolphins fan. Yeah, I'm kind of a pseudo Dolphins fan. <laughs> not anymore. Fan.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I've cheered for the Dolphins most of my life, yeah. but like if you cheer for a team that's tanking, there's really no reason to watch the game. No. Right? Like like if you if your team is trying to lose and they're trying to accumulate draft picks and they're they're not putting their best players on the field, like why would you waste your time watching that? So like I support the plan because a plan is good. I don't know if it's going to be a workable plan, but like, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to waste my time doing that. But you're the Dolphins. You got a load for Laramie Tunsil. I mean, you got two firsts yeah. and a second. Yeah. Tunsil, who I think is very good, did not play well play in great. Houston's no. loss against New Orleans last Monday. But I get it he's going to be under team control with the way you're able to franchise guys, and he's going to make a lot of money for three, four years going forward because he was drafted you know, about three years ago. There is word this morning, or maybe it was last night, that Minka Fitzpatrick has requested a trade, and the front office has said, yes, if you would like to explore a trade, go for it. He's been in the league one year year i mean, if you're willing to trade your best player with less than a year or less than two years of experience you are valuing a draft pick more than any player as in any player you can trade for right. something they will at the end of the but year but is not
0: interesting because you have that player control
1: well that's it like the the only players that should be a value to them are really really young, young yeah really talented players Minka Fitzpatrick started the entire yeah. season yeah. last year. He was a top 15 draft pick. Yeah. He had a good year and they're willing to trade him for a first round draft pick. It doesn't appear they need to trade more guys to get the first right. pick. It right. looks like yeah. they're in plenty yeah. good shape <laughs> of achieving that. But if they're willing just to trade yeah. everybody, they're going to be the Orlando Apollos at the yeah. end of the year. They're, they're going to have no one. They're going to trade Every available asset, but like if you trade Minka Fitzpatrick and you get what you want, which apparently is a first-round draft back, aren't you a year from now just trying to draft Minka Fitzpatrick again? I guess right. you just you just tip the time scale back two years, so it's another couple of years of an affordable asset. Like they, we've seen teams do this before, but it appears that they are trying to tear everything that's not bolted down. Yeah. Is, is going to go. I mean, if you thought they were bad against Baltimore in week one with some of their pretty good players, if they're all gone in week six, what are they going to be the back end of the season?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's like buying oceanfront property with a really nice house and then tearing it down to put up like a McMansion. Right,
1: and I liked the Josh Rosen trade because if Josh Rosen is only a backup quarterback, at the amount you're paying him, he's still a really good deal. But if Josh Rosen plays, whether he's good or bad, how can you possibly assess him when you're playing with a skeleton roster? Yeah. It, I mean, like, he's he's been put in a bad situation for a second consecutive year. Also, NFL topics from week one. Boy, there was a lot of hype about the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Yes, there look was. So they good. did not
0: look so good. They looked disorganized. Well, I mean, new coach. They didn't look disciplined. I mean, would they have, like, three or four personal foul penalties? I mean, they yeah. had, uh, Baker Mayfield. O- Odell Beckham's wearing a watch on the field.
1: <laughs> I don't really think that's a problem. That's product placement. Uh,
0: no well it's 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 but it's it goes to culture though like you you think Tom Brady would be allowed to wear a watch for the patriots yeah probably not right i mean and and it, it's specifically the rules you're not allowed to wear jewelry on the field yeah i mean it's but, looking for attention and then to cry then to cry about it afterwards like oh why is everybody talking what well, dude you shouldn't have done it it kind of feels like a nothing uh, to no, me. no well it no but i think but, but it, con- what, what, but it if- continues a pattern of of Me look-at-me behavior from Odell Beckham, and it didn't work out so well when he was with the Giants.
1: Yeah. And this is a young team that doesn't
0: need that crap. Yeah,
1: all true. I actually think the team they lost to, though, Tennessee, is pretty
0: good. Well, and they're well coached.
1: Yeah, I, like I, I think Tennessee and Indianapolis this week is a really yeah. fun game. I think both of those teams are pretty good. What else are you looking forward to this week? Are there any matchups you're especially interested in?
0: All right, so you're probably gonna say, why are you interested in two zero and one teams matching up? One is I want to see Houston uh, and how they bounce back from a really tough a game they should have won. They 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 basically had that game won, and then they went into a prevent defense and. Drew Brees just shredded them to get into field goal position and, and kick the field goal. Um, but uh, Gardner Minshew, this guy is a great story. And if you if you haven't uh, if you don't have the subscription to the Athletic, you could probably still Google it. But this guy, Dave, has single-handedly brought back the jockstrap. <laughs> uh, and tell us more. Well, you, you, I don't think we have time on the podcast to tell the whole story, but essentially, one of his uh, favorite moments at uh, Washington—he was only at Washington State for one year. This guy that went to Troy as a walk-on, Northwest Mississippi State Community College. Then he went to ECU for two years, and now as a grad transfer, went to Washington State. Um, but this guy he's he, he to me he's like a throwback nineteen seventies quarterback. Just he's a little bit eccentric. He's got great stories. Uh, his favorite uh team story from last year was I guess he was working out and he 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 I don't know how to say this other than he was at the facility one day, saw a jock strap hanging around, said all right, I'm gonna wear a jock strap and then uh at a team function later in the summer, uh, he was late to a pool party, so he just stripped down to his Jockstrap jumped off the diving board, went into the pool with all his buddies, and they got video of him. So that's that's one of his like calling card stories now. Is and there's your leader. And there's your leader. <laughs> um, but but uh, but having said that, coming in for Nick Foles, uh, no, even though they lost, he still was twenty-two of twenty-five. I think two hundred seventy-five yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. This guy's interesting, and this is what we're looking for—interesting, interesting stories. Uh, but the guy's talented. I mean, he put up great numbers. What was he fifth in the Heisman voting last year? Um, for 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 a team in Jacksonville that really thought that you know they had the answer in Nick Foles, at least maybe bridging for a couple years and, and then allowing uh, Minshew to come along. But um, so that that game, I think, has some interesting two teams story zero lines. and one. You don't but, but want to start zero and two, no, you don't so. want to start zero two. But but also teams that uh, both had signs of progress coming into the season. Yeah. At least and, thoughts and, of and Houston was better than I expected on, on yeah.
1: Monday night. I, I think they played in an awfully tough environment against a pretty good team. And it took a 58 yard field yeah. goal to beat them yeah. at the buzzer. I mean, that's they, they, they played pretty well. Um, Rams and New Orleans rematch oh, of yeah, last year's NFC right. title game.
0: You watched. Do you think every... we'll see a uh, passing interference yeah, exactly. call uh, that'll be over? What to, do you or... think
1: of the be- the being able to review the pass interference?
0: You and I talked about this. It was one of the last. Uh, I think it was actually the last episode of season two. Uh, so far as it has been administered, I don't like it because it doesn't appear as if. Uh, the officials are too keen to overturn the original call.
1: I completely disagree. But here's I, your... I like exactly what they're doing. It has to be egregious and obvious to overturn it. But you should, in the rare case that it's just totally and utterly missed, be able to change the call.
0: Now I do want—I do want to see, and I'm not hedging here. I do want to see it play out because, Mike, the only thing I don't like about it uh, is the flow issue. In other words, if it if it if it tends to slow games down late, um, I, I know you only have two challenges, so you have to save your challenges in order to be able to use them late. But uh, you know, I mean, you could have a, a theory. In theory, you could have uh, inside of two minutes, four stoppages of play to look at passing interference, two on each side. And, and no, inside of two minutes. Not inside all of two minutes. In- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Inside inside of the last five minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could, but we haven't seen that. I mean, I think they had the stat on TV last night that there were 13 reviews in the first week in the NFL and four overturns or something. But what you can see,
0: though, but what what you will see, though, uh, inside of two minutes is you could see almost every single play then examined. But
1: we haven't seen that. I mean, like, theoretically, that's possible, and if there is a huge missed call, it should be looked at. But, I mean, like, the play last night that the Panthers challenged, after review, it was pretty clear the ball was still in Cam's hands when the contact was made. Was it holding downfield or illegal use of hands? Yeah, it was. That's not a reviewable play. Should that be a reviewable play? Maybe, but, like, by the letter of the law, they got it right. No, absolutely,
0: but I— it does,
1: but it was qu- also a good challenge. It was it a great challenge. Oh no, I,
0: no, I have no problem with that. I, that. I that was the right that was the right usage of that. I thought it does beg the question, and I think this goes back to what Bill Belichick wanted to do a couple of years ago. It's like you know, if we're going to do this, if we're going to open the can of worms, let's just open them all. Like if you, whatever you see on there, if it's an egregious or if it's uh, you know if it's a penalty or if it's something that you see is outside of the rules that's that's wrong, fix it.
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem, I don't have with, a problem that. with that. Either. I mean, I think the idea is to get it right as often as possible. The critique is exactly what you said—that you're constantly starting and stopping the game. But I don't know if, in reality, we actually see that. Like, I, I don't feel that's like got to watching... play out.
0: Like, we got to see it happen. Before. I mean, because it's easier to get caught up in that. But if it doesn't happen, what's the what's the right. problem? And, and
1: maybe. In the preseason, you open it up to everything can yeah. be reviewed, see what it looks like, and then make a decision for yeah. the following year whether you want to do that or yeah. not. Because it is a one-year experimental thing too, right? Isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be tweaked because the NFL tweaks their rules constantly. Right. But like the idea of having a safety measure in place that if a really bad call, a call that— defines, who ends up going to the Super Bowl, you're able to jump in there and change it. I think that's good. Now, how you actually do it, that's the question. I didn't think in week one the game seemed any longer or there were any more delays than we've seen in the
0: past. Now it's a small sample size. Right, small sample. I mean, we only had one week in one game.
1: What do you expect in New Orleans and Los Angeles? You watched... The Panthers play the Rams in yeah. Week One, so you saw a lot of Rams reps. I thought they looked kind of okay.
0: Well, and you know Todd Gurley didn't really, uh, you know, again it was their second back that really did most of the damage, and that was well a the lot second like back
1: CJ. scored the two touchdowns. Yeah. I thought Gurley in the second Well, no, half no, he got better. Him. He
0: got well. He got most of his yards. In fact, I think. 80% of his yards came in that fourth quarter when they needed him. So nothing wrong with that. I think that's just a usage thing.
1: I think they're going to be
0: careful, careful with, with yeah, how sure. much and when they Absolutely. use it.
1: But I thought when they needed him, he ran well. Yeah, no,
0: he did. He he. At the end of the game, he did what he needed to do. I think you're going to have a a, a pissed off Saints team. I mean, they're still bitter and, and rightfully so. And look, Drew Brees, you know, a <laughs>
1: little bit of a short week for New Orleans, though playing yeah, on Monday yeah. night and flying cross country. Right. Now, the Rams don't well, the exactly Rams... have the world's greatest home field advantage, right?
0: No, the I and mean, the Rams. I, you know, they had to fly home from the East Coast last week, so I mean, you know, I, that kind of not not mitigates. Well, there's it an extra day. There's an extra day for them, but still, uh, you know that that game. I think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, Errol Donald uh, didn't really have the game against the Panthers. I think people would have liked. Um and I, and I it's funny because my son, you know, John's playing football now, and he's playing defensive line. So he he's playing
1: defensive line. The roster that's sitting here has him at number 84. Yeah,
0: no, the, the numbers don't correspond with positions, Holy Dave. Trinity,
1: seventh grade yeah. football, number yeah. 84. Well, well, he's a
0: defensive end and a defensive tackle. Wow. Yeah, so he should be maybe in the 90s. It seems like he
1: should be eligible to catch passes at 84. Well, at
0: 84, yeah, maybe he should be. T- and the 3-0, by the way, Dave. Wow. Yeah, the Bulldogs are 3-0. Big matchup They on must Saturday. run
1: their quarterback on fourth and short. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, do we want to talk about A.B.? Is that um, Antonio Brown? It's a really interesting story, how manufacturers' exit from Oakland get signed surprisingly in 12 hours, or maybe not, by the New England Patriots, uh, and then has the sexual assault slash uh, rape charges in a civil case, not a criminal case, which I think is is what's really interesting to me is it puts the NFL in, a, in an interesting position because it's their policies— have all been kind of predicated on on the courts, on the um, criminal courts. This is a civil case, and you know there there are some people that are that are saying uh, you know he should be suspended immediately. There there are other people that are saying well you know it, it you know he he's you know awarded uh, his due process. Maybe not the worst thing in the world if the Patriots were to come out and, and this is Friday, and, uh, you know as we tape this this hasn't happened, but maybe it's not the worst thing in the world for the Patriots to say you know he's just started with us on Monday. You know we're, we're, you know buy some time. He's not going to play this week because we we, we want to uh, you know get him back into game shape if you will or however you want to call it. Um, But it's just, uh, it's. I mean, the weird thing about it is,
1: and I I don't know what happened in Oakland. I certainly don't know what happened with the trainer. But the Patriots don't need him for about six, eight weeks. Their upcoming schedule is garbage. They can go five and one or six and zero without him. So, what would they lose by kind of? putting him in the corner and saying, we'll yeah. let due process play yeah. out and going forward from there. I mean, they looked pretty good last week without him. They play Miami this week. I think they play the Jets and Buffalo. I yeah. mean, they, they don't play a 500 team until about midway through the
0: season. I, I was and to talk about things that were takeaways from week one. I did not expect the Patriots offense to be that powerful without I mean just because you figure what they've lost I mean you know Gronkowski a big part of that offense but Philip Dorset stepped in I mean I knew Sony Michelle was going to be Sony Michelle I mean he's I
1: thought their defense
0: looked better than their offense Their defense well, I think their Well and defense their defense looked better than I thought their team. Yeah I, I thought the defense looked better than I thought they were too
1: Yeah I mean they've got w- Between the backs, and the backs are not the strength of the team, they have so many options. You got the pass catching back, you got the running back, you got Burkhead, who kind of does a little bit of everything. who does a little bit of. Right. Edelman has gone from the top receiver to about the third receiver. I mean, there are just so many options. But defensively, and sure, Pittsburgh typically starts slow and they don't play well on the road and all of that. To hold that offense down like that was pretty darn impressive. It looked a lot like the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's what people, I don't know, that they forget about. But you think of the Patriots and you think of Tom Brady. In very recent times, the defense is winning games for them. Let's not forget it also kind of corresponds with Bill Belichick- giving the keys to the castle to Josh McDaniel, letting him run the offense and Belichick spending most of his time on defense. Oh, what do you know? All of a sudden it's the best defense in the NFL. I mean, that guy is the biggest difference maker in the league. And yeah, you can say what you want about him. There've been about four different books written about him. He he's brilliant. I mean, he's the best that's ever done it. And when he puts his hand on something more often than not, it just kind of fixes itself.
0: All right, got to move on here. Do you want to do picks here, or do you want to save the picks for we'll the We'll do last... picks.
1: We're only doing two of them. Yeah. You've got the, the Patriots game. I am going back to the well two weeks in a row with Indianapolis. I thought Indianapolis and Tennessee both were really good last week. This week they play in Tennessee. Indianapolis is getting three or three and a half points. But I thought Indianapolis played the better opponent last week. They played the Chargers, whereas Tennessee – played Cleveland, Tennessee won the game. You obviously want to win, not lose, but playing at the chargers, Indianapolis missed two field goals and an extra point still forced overtime in the game. And yet they weren't great defensively, but That offensive line appears to be as good as any in the NFL. The Chargers had no pass rush. They couldn't stop the run. And that's a Chargers team that we think is a top five or eight team in the league. I think Indy's offense is going to be very tough to stop because the quarterback is good enough. You have to respect him just a little bit. The running game looks excellent. When you've got a good offensive line, Boy, does that help out. Ask the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how they won the Super Bowl two years ago, with a backup quarterback, but a line that just wouldn't let anyone by.
0: Now, you're also known as Super Dave on the Damon and Mendelera show, the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, you, know, you were on fire after week one. How did week two go?
1: Not well. <laughs> 3-0 and week one, 0-3 Week two. Um, and you can point to you know North yeah. Carolina converted a fourth and right. seventeen, yeah. yada yada yada. But you can say the same thing when you win. I mean, right, like right. Yeah. like it's betting on sports. You got to get a little bit lucky. But yeah, three and three, and we'll see how we do this week. But one and zero oh in the NFL, and yeah. w- looking for two and zero, oh and it might just be sixteen picks on the Colts this year. I really like the Colts. They are well coached. They have good line play. We'll see how it goes. I think Tennessee's good
0: too. No, I think last week I took the Patriots and the points.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you took the Patriots. You laid the points and. You yeah. were a big winner. Yeah. If you want to take the Patriots and lay the points this week, it's 19, it's and 19 and 19 big ones. 19.
0: I saw 19 and a half. Um, you know what? I'm going to take the points on this one. Patriots and the. You're going to lay I'm p- going to lay the points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: the Patriots, you think the Patriots will win by three touchdowns? I think they will. Don't right. you? Um, no. You but, don't? No, I don't. I mean, like, I, I just don't see any reason for them to. Like, they're gonna win. They're gonna win easily. But why will Tom Brady play in the second half? Remember, the coach of the Patriot, the coach of the Dolphins is like theoretically a friend of Bill Belichick. He was on the staff last year. Why would they bother embarrassing him?
0: I don't think they're gonna try and embarrass him, but uh historically Tom Brady does not play well against the Dolphins. I
1: think that you look at week one and our our tendency is to be very biased by what we see in week one. And in a week one, the Patriots looked like a Super Bowl champ and the Dolphins looked like an 0 and sixteen team. And I think the truth is probably somewhat closer to the yeah, Dolphins you know are more a, like a three and y- thirteen you know what, team. The Patriots are more like a thirteen and three team. And yeah, it's but here's, just a, here's an I know, enormous I know, I know. number I, of
0: players. I understand plays. what you're saying, but in this is what Tom Brady's twentieth season, 2021 season, whatever. I can't, I can't recall a lot of times, even when they've had teams up big, that they've pulled Brady early in a game. So I, I don't know that I would agree with saying that they're going to lay off in the second half. Generally,
1: teams that are more than two touchdown favorites don't cover. I mean, I don't know what the exact yeah. number no, is, but 55% or that. 60% uh, of I the that, time. But, uh, I, I'm looking at it purely from a percentages standpoint. It's just an incredible number of points. If the score of the game is – uh. 30 to 10 with five minutes to go and the Patriots are playing prevent defense. Dolphins can go down the field and kick a field goal. And and I will will
0: admit my, my, I generally do not like, uh, laying that many points, uh, this is maybe an overreaction to to week one on both sides on how well yeah. the Patriots played. If the
1: Patriots want to win by forty, they, they probably can. will. Yeah, yeah, they can. I just don't know like how geeked up. Like, you think they were pretty fired up playing the Steelers in week Absolutely. one?
0: Absolutely. But I also think that's. But that's I, I, the reason why I think they're going to come out and, and play hard. Is I just again I just historically Miami gives them fits, and I I think they just. You can also
1: argue that the Patriot backups are better than the Dolphins yeah. starters and when the backups yeah. are in the game they're gonna gain yards and they're gonna score points. I just if you're gonna give me nineteen points, give me any two teams in the league, I'll just take the nineteen points. Doesn't mean it's gonna win. If I was sitting in Vegas, I would put zero dollars on this game. I have no yeah, I, touch I have no guy. great passion about it. of putting money on sports, Justify. You wouldn't have made a great deal of money betting on Justify because he went off as close to the favorite in each of the Triple Crown races. But now Joe Drape's story comes out that during the Santa Anita Derby, his final prep race for the Kentucky Derby, he tested positive for a banned substance. And had they followed their normal protocol and the results have been stricken, he would not have had the requisite points and earnings to run in the Kentucky Derby. It is absolutely worth noting. He was drug tested after each of the Triple Crown races. Nothing came back negative. But if you don't qualify for the race, you can't win the race. And if you follow your own rule book, he shouldn't have been in the Kentucky
0: Derby. And I I love this, right? So what's it called? Scopolamine? I was going to let you pronounce it. I think it's S-C-O-P-O-L-O-M-I-N-E. And what's interesting is, Dave, which I didn't certainly know this. Uh, and as much as I know about horse racing, I'm surprised I didn't know this. Uh, but uh, this scop- scopoli- scopoline, that, that maybe this is worth the podcast, just trying to get me to butcher this word. Uh, what is it? It is Scoplamine <laughs> is what I'm going, scopolamine. Uh, but apparently... Uh, this thing also grows naturally uh, when uh, dung is around. So the the cockamamie—I shouldn't say cockamamie. The allegedly cockamamie scheme uh, or, or excuse was that uh, this was cross-contaminated with his food, with Justify's food, and that's how the drug test came up as a positive.
1: This is— fifa's bidding process this is the corrupt ioc this is deflate well the guy on the
0: the guy on the the horse board has an interest in uh one yeah. of Bradford's horses horse racing is well, poorly it's insular, run. right i mean it's very many
1: many sports are poorly run in the end though how many black guys can you have the sport of horse racing which i love and adore and grew up with they need the classic commissioner. You know yeah. how people keep saying Jay Billis should run the NCAA. Yeah. Maybe Jay Billis would like to run horse racing. But a lot of
0: people that run horse racing, or uh, also, it, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like the the owners of the NFL being the commissioners,
1: which is what they are. Well, they no, have, well, well, well theori- Bud Selig was the commissioner of baseball right, and owned right, the Brewers. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of these sports are very poorly run, and that's one of them. One of the big differences is we're talking about animals that don't make decisions for themselves. So the well-being of someone who can't speak up is in play. Bad stuff happens in horse racing. Bad stuff happens a lot of places. The doping scandals and the corruption. And and And, the
0: horses have no say in what gets put in their bodies. Right.
1: I mean, in the end, there should be a commissioner or a regulator of everything. But there's no commissioner of... Uh, tax fraud, either. Right. I mean, like people able to do things on the margins will do things on the margins.
0: Well, and then what they did is then, then after the fact, they then downgraded the penalty for scalopamine. Yeah, which well. looks
1: like a cover up. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, it, it's a mess. A- a- and whether Justify would have won the Santa Anita Derby without that drug, no one is ever going to know. But
0: you could make the 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 argument that it was a semi well orchestrated cover-up in the sense of they waited three weeks before they even revealed the results of the test to Baffert. And then by the, and then by the time, and then he was allowed to, uh, under the, I guess, rules, if you will, uh, he was allowed to ask for a second test to... Which to the, is reasonable. Reasonable, no, no. Well, and the, the insinuation in all this is uh, is also not that the, the owner or the, the owners in this case, because he's kind of run by a syndicate. Like, well, the China Horse Group, always, yeah. though. Um, but it's not so much that there was something nefarious done on behalf of Bob Baffert and the owners. uh, But this started with actions created by the the horse racing board and and, and how they... Yeah,
1: I mean, if it's it's clear-cut and simple, you enforce your own rules, you throw out the result of the Santa Anita Derby, you move on with the Triple Crown without justify. But they kind of wink-wink, nod-nod, yeah, maybe it's only a minor thing, yeah, maybe it's not this, and by the time they had an opportunity to do something, it was not too late, because they could have done something a few days before the Derby, but once he won the Derby, at that point... But it's
0: a little bit, I mean, it's analogous a little bit to baseball. I mean, it's like, wink-wink, nudge, nudge, we're going to look the other way because we want Barry Bonds and we want Sammy Sosa and we want our stars to perform.
1: Right. Right. But none of it is good. Like, in the end, everyone looks stupid. If you have rules, enforce the rules. If you don't want to have the rules, get rid of them. It's the neighborhood play in baseball, which we finally have gotten rid of thanks to instant replay. Right? Like, well, he was near second base, (laughs) so the force out counts. Why have the rule? If you're not going to enforce the rule, don't have it. Like, hockey decided they didn't want the two-line pass anymore. So, they just got rid of it. The rules either need to be enforced or not enforced. If they're a bad rule, get rid of the rule. Horse racing saw, had a rule in place, maybe a good one, maybe not a good one. Maybe the way they go about Uh, enforcing the penalty is right or wrong but in this case without consulting anybody else they just changed the rule that doesn't work
0: to the mailbag this is the Bearded Car Cast with Dave Freeman. I am Mike Pacheco. Send us an email at Bearded Car Cast, and you can also follow us on Twitter, at Bearded Car Cast. Yes, Dave, it is time now for the mailbag. So we are big overseas. Are we? Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this. Okay, so uh, so this is, this is the heading that we got from this email. Uh, it was actually at 5.16 a.m. on Thursday, so yesterday as we're taping this. Greetings, my dear. Yeah. Do you want to know who it's from? Yes. Mrs. Ashai Gaddafi.
1: Oh, and what does what Ms. Gaddafi wish?
0: Well, dear friend, not dear Mike, you know, not dear Dave, not dear guys, not dear bearded car cast, but dear friend. I came across your email contact prior a private search, wireless in need of your partnership for investment assistance in your country.
1: Oh, this sounds like a great opportunity. Yes. It do- well, Tell it, me more. It gets better.
0: Uh I am opportune to use this medium to exhibit my legal intentions toward investing to your country under your management. I am fully convinced that you will be help as a business partner. Great. Because we do have you know a long range. We're helpful people. Of, we are. My name is, I, I guess it's Aisha, A-I-S-H-A, Gaddafi, a single mother and widow, and I have three children. I am the only biological daughter of the late Libyan president, Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, I have investment funds worth $27,500,000. I like the $500,000. I'm just
1: thinking to myself, like she must be a big fan of the show because there are a lot of people that could be interested in this.
0: Right. So she has all this dough and I need a trusted investment manager slash partner. Well, I think we've
1: clearly (laughs) established through our (laughs) podcast that that's exactly who we are.
0: I am planning to go into investment projects in your country of origin and present country of location to assist me establish the investments project. I'm willing to negotiate investment-slash-business-profit-sharing ratio with you based—no, not based, but based—on the future investment-earning profits. If you're willing to handle this project on my behalf, kindly reply urgent to enable me provide you—I'm literally reading this as it's written, so I'm not not screwing this uh, up—to tell you more details about myself and more information about the release of the investment funds. I appreciate your urgent reply to my email address. Best regards, Mrs. Aisha Gaddafi. How, so, should, how should we respond to this?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's talk about the That's split. But so, I, I mean, I feel like she's doing most of the work. She's got all the money. She just needs to transfer it over to us. Like, right. you know, wh- what exactly do you think our role will be in this? Yeah.
0: Do <laughs> I get the next one? Yes. This one might be abridged. It, this right. one's two pages. Uh, greetings, my dear friend. <laughs> I'm wondering if this is the same person. We've got person. a lot of friends. So, okay, so that's the headline. I said, greetings, my dear friend. This is from Beninam Mohammed. Um He is a telex manager for Bank of Africa, BOA, in Burkino Faso.
1: Wow, this is a long email. You printed this out, and it's like, a page and a
0: half. I might only get through the first paragraph, but it, maybe we should post this somewhere because I just—I—if I, you haven't guessed, I love these. They're so <laughs> ridiculous, but I love them. Before I introduce myself, I wish to inform you that this letter is not a hoax mail, and I urge you to th- to treat it serious. This is not a hoax podcast this, either. No, it's not. <laughs> this letter must come to you as a big surprise. <laughs> 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 but it's only a day that people meet. And become great friends and business partners. Please, I want you to read this letter very carefully. We are taking this very carefully, uh, Benny, I know. Very seriously. Yes, so. very seriously. Uh, I want you to read this very carefully, and I must apologize for barging this message into your mailbox without any formal introduction due to the urgency and confidentiality of this business. And I know that this message will come to you as a surprise. Please, this is not a joke and I will not like you to, to joke with it, okay? Oh, I just broke the—I'm th- making a joke of it. I'm sorry. You are? Well, well, no. I thought we were deciding no, we're, what we were going to we do. We are deciding <laughs> what we're going to do with this. So with due respect to your person and much sincerity of purpose, I make this contact with you as I believe that you can be of great assistance to me. My name is—I I flipped his name wrong. It's Mohammed Benani. Not, not Benetti, but Benani. Uh, from Burkina Faso, West Africa, I work with Bank of Africa (BOA) as Telex manager. Please see this as a confidential message and do not reveal it to another person. And let me know whether you can be of assistance regarding my so proposal. So, do you think below. this
1: was more to you or to me? Since it came to the bearded carcass, we're not supposed to reveal it to others. But I mean, which one of us is it to?
0: Well, well, we're both, I guess, dear friends. Huh? I mean, this is—is is this like the Jim Nance of? These like, (laughs) hello, "Hello, friends. friends. (laughs) So uh, anyway, I'll just cut to the chase here. So he's about to retire from active banking service to start a new life. Uh, And he was very skeptical to reveal this particular secret to a stranger. You you must assure me that everything will be handled confidentially because we are not going to suffer again in life. Uh, So anyway, he's talking about greedy African politicians laundering. Uh, okay, so before I send this message to you, I've already diverted 10.5 million dollars to an escrow account belonging to no one in the bank. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Is the that ba- ethical? I don't know. The bank is anxious to know uh, how, uh, who. No, I'm mean this. The bank is anxious now to know who the beneficiary of the funds is because uh, they've made a lot of profits with the funds. It is more than eight years now, and most of the politicians are no longer using our bank to transfer funds overseas. So basically, he is money laundering the money launderers. Hmm. Is, that, is that how are yeah, we read that? Yeah, sure. So anyway, this, this, this $10.5 million just laying around the bank, Dave. I mean, that
1: could fund the Bearded Carcass yeah, for a while. it could. So, so I, I think the approach here is simple. You tell me if you see it in a different yeah. direction. I think it's possible— that one of these two emails is not legitimate. But you want to give yourself as many opportunities for success as either. So I think we go forward with both, thinking that so long as one of them is legit, we can retire. Is that what you were thinking? I I mean,
0: we're of like mind on this. Okay, good. I think we we should pursue both. Like if
1: you only go after one and you pick the one that's a host. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of, you know. Right.
0: Right. But because we do need to take these as serious as they are intended well, to be, it says, sent to. <laughs> it says to
1: do that. But if we go after both of them, yeah. we really only need one to to hit. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're you're betting a pick 5 or right. a pick 6 in horse yeah. racing, some of the races are a little bit more difficult, so instead of picking one horse, you pick two, you pay a little bit more for that, but if either of the horses come in, you're still alive on your ticket.
0: That's Bearded Carcast at outlook.com. Follow us at Bearded Carcast. Talk to you next time.